all of the uh, Thomas Street Band guys, Marty Stewart, John Fogarty, um, along with Johnny Cash, June Carter Cash, the Judds. I mean, Roy Orbison. It was insane. Sam Phillips. Uh, just everybody was on that floor and shoves me in there and says, Hey everybody, this is Reba. And I sang, you know, just stood up there with uh, the greats and sang on the big train from Memphis song. Welcome to the Shellcats, a show about music, culture, and Memphis. As we live into our mission of building community through music, education, and diversity, we look forward to interviewing artists and musicians and hearing about how they are writing their own stories, and building their own communities. 85 years strong and with a rich history, the Levitt Shell has stood the test of time as a beacon of hope in the heart of Memphis. I can actually do that with my time. This podcast is brought to you by Orion Federal Credit Union, where a big part of us is being a big part of the community. Visit orionfcu.com to see how Orion is redefining banking. Hi, and welcome to Shellcast episode 14. If you're making a list of the very best singers in Memphis, Reba Russell is always going to be at the top of that list. She has over 40 years of experience as a Memphis musician, and besides her own work, some great stories about singing with some of the absolute legends of music history. She's always a joy to talk to, a longtime friend of the Shell. So let's go ahead and join Reba Russell on Shellcast. Reba, thanks for taking the time to join us today. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for hollering at me. Not a problem at all. I can't tell you how excited I am to see you on our stage again. Yeah, you know, I'm always excited about that. I've been excited since, you know, late 70s, early 80s to get on that stage and play. So every time is a blessing. I think you're one of the few people in Memphis that has spent more time on that stage than I have. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I think you put in way more hours, but uh, for sure. I've actually never seen you sing with Susan Marshall either, so this is going to be really exciting for me. Well, it's hey, it's going to be exciting for me too. I, it is a thrill always to sing with Susan. That's that's going to be something to see, quite a show. Uh, for those that might not know, by the way, that's Saturday, September 25th at the Shell, Reba Russell and Susan Marshall. Reba, is it going to be your band backing you guys up? No, it's going to be, actually, it's the same band almost that's playing with Marcella. Oh, wow. Uh, we have several of those same people playing for us. And looks like Steve Selvage has got a three-time, uh, you know, Three, three performances this month on the shell awesome. stage. You know, he just, a uh, big ass truck just played. I think he's playing with Marcella and then he's playing with us too. So, yeah. Fantastic. Always love to see Steve on our stage as well. <laughs> Heck yeah. So we're, uh, we're in probably the weirdest time of our history, at least in my lifetime. How are you feeling your time these days? Well, I'm really lucky because I have a little, just a few acres out here in Fayette County. So, you know, just general chores around here can mm-hmm. take up quite a bit of time. And uh, and I'm writing some, but I've also been working, uh, producing some stuff in the studio with Dawn Hopkins, nice. who is the uh, sound engineer there at the Shell. Mm-hmm. And um, 
so yeah, I've, I've been trying to work some. So yeah, it hasn't, uh, it hasn't, I'm, you know, I'm a lucky person. I'm really blessed. So I, it hadn't been just awful comparatively with some folks out there. So sure. I can't complain. Well, I, I was glad to hear part of that answer because one of my questions was, uh, do you have any plans to be writing anytime soon? So that's great news. Well, I'm always, always writing the, <laughs> the thing about me is I've grown old and so I don't want to work quite as hard on my projects, but I'm willing to just, you know, go all in on other people's work right now because then I don't have to follow it up with all the work of putting <laughs> something out. But I hope to. I hope to put, you know, sure. at least a few songs out next year if I can. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it's been a been a minute since the last album, actually. It's been 10 or 11 years, something like that. A long time, yeah. Wow. Um, it's going to be, that'll be an exciting day to see a new one from you. Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you and Don go way, way back. Once again, we're talking about Don Hopkins, who's our chief engineer at the Shell. How did you guys meet? Well, I was uh, working with some people, uh, Jack Holder, at uh, Sounds Unreal Studio, and she was an intern at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I had done some jingles and some singing over there and got to meet her and work with her a little bit. And we, I trusted her. You know, there's a whole trust factor in the studio when you're working with people. Sure. And I, she made me really comfortable. And so I had been thinking about, starting to record some stuff independently on my own and talked to Dawn about it. And she took it on. And, and from that time on, she's really been one of the closest people to me in my life. She's a sister. She's a sister. So yeah, we've got a great relationship and she's just an amazing engineer, uh, producer. She's a very musical person. And uh, she's a great human being. So, yeah. She is. I am super lucky to hang out with that chick. Well, we're really lucky to have her at the show, too, I promise you. Every every once in a while, I make the mistake of asking her uh, a technical question. And about 45 seconds later, I'm very politely going, oh, oh. <laughs> because she has probably forgotten more about music and technology than I could ever learn. She's really, really something. Absolutely yeah, special, unique in that way. What were you listening to when you were growing up? What prompted you to uh, pursue a music career? Well, I came to it late. I listened to, I had, you know, I was the baby of my family. So I had my mother's music, my sister's and brother's music. I loved music, but I didn't really, you know, and I was listening to every type of music from big band to modern, you know, to Hendrix in sure. my house. Um, between all my sisters and, and brother. So I had a wide range of likes and people that I liked. But when I moved to Memphis is when I really realized how much music meant to me. Um, it changed everything. Gotcha. Moving here and hearing musicians here. But the type of music that I liked was really, you know, Hendrix and Joplin and Beatles. And sure, I wasn't in touch with blues as much until I moved here. And I think that's what changed everything for me. Yeah. Was Memphis. You can, uh, you can definitely tell you've got a wide variety of influences when you listen to the albums or the, uh, or the live performances. Well, I'm a love, you know, I'm a lover of music 
in general, period. It, it doesn't really matter the jo- the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, although I am I am attached to the hip to roots music, all sorts of roots music, and especially you know Memphis and Delta blues music. But at the same time, I love all kinds of music, and I I love singing anything. So yeah, it all means the world to me. It changed my life. It saved my life. I am a devotee to music in Memphis for sure. It's all wonderful. I mean, and and I was looking at your uh, bio at the web website earlier today. Yeah, all kinds of music. You have sung backup for U2, Class of 55, which is what, Johnny Cash, uh, Jerry Lee, Carl Perkins. I think you sung with Huey Lewis and the New. Was any of that scary? (laughs) Well, I have to say that the Class of 55 thing was Mm -hmm. absolutely terrifying. That was terrifying. But other than that, I had a blast. All I was doing is, is learning from these great artists and Mm -hmm. the whole time I was in Memphis and I love singing background vocals too. And that's why Susan and I are so tight because a lot of those records, uh, I've sung on a lot of records with her too, you know, singing Mm -hmm. background vocals and yeah. So, I mean, it's really my favorite thing to do is harmonize and, and sing backgrounds. Absolutely. It Interesting, is. and and you have appeared on a lot of recordings, so uh, you've honed that craft well. Yeah, well, I you know I've been taught well. I've been taught well by other Memphis musicians. Out of all those people that you've sung background for, any amazing stories you can share? Well, I mean, I will share the class of '55. Please. Uh, so I was <clears throat> with my band Reben the Portables at a gig on the Peabody roof, and. Mm-hmm somehow Chips Moment, I had been uh, signed with Chips. Chips was in town and they were doing that project at American Studio with the you know, sound truck outside, Dick Clark Productions, big thing. Anyway, so I'm in my, I'm at my gig and someone comes up and says, there's been a phone call from Chips Moment for you to come to America, American Studio. Right. So I was like, well, I'm in the middle of a gig. So we worked it out. The Peabody were were sweet. And they were like, sure, go ahead. My band just stayed and played. So I went over there and he, Chips, proceeded to basically throw me in the room with all these heavyweights. And I mean, I can't even name the people, Uh, but there was probably 30 people on the floor, um, including some of the people you just named. You know, huge huge names and more. All of the uh, Thomas Street Band guys, Marty Stewart, John Fogarty, um, along with Johnny Cash, June Carter Cash, the Judds. I mean, Roy Orbison. It was insane. Sam Phillips. uh, Just everybody was on that floor and shoves me in there and says, (laughs) hey, everybody, this is Reba. And... I sang, you know, just stood up there with uh, the greats and sang on the Big Train from Memphis song with them. Uh So (laughs) with no, you know, just came from my gig, walked in the door, and that's what happened to me. And I'm standing there with all those people. I could barely breathe. I'm telling you, it was amazing. Wow. I was back to back with Johnny Cash and, and, uh, you know, we were rubbing 
backs. Uh-huh. <clears throat> he was the sweetest thing, but everybody was super nice to me. I mean, it was a, it was a, if I had died that night, you know, it would have been okay. <laughs> I had met everyone all at one time. Yeah, it was insane. That is wonderful. Did you get to chit chat with everybody at all? Well, yeah, we we did get to hang out mostly with um, Carl Perkins was a really sweet person, and Marty Stewart and um, uh, Roy didn't hang out very much. Jerry Lee was busy doing his Jerry Lee thing, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I did get to visit with some people. That is wonderful. Yeah, it was it was it was wonderful. Want to learn more about how you can support the Levitt Shell and its mission of building community through music, education, and diversity? Head to levittshell.org. You can read up on our 85-year history and check out our schedule of live and virtual events. Visit our Shell Shop to grab all the swag and find out ways you can participate in our mission, whether that's through donations, volunteering, sponsoring a show, or becoming a member of our Shell Circle. Once again, that's levittshell.org. Would you consider that your proudest professional accomplishment? Well, it's pretty high up there, but really my proudest accomplishment is the fact that I have made a good living being a musician for over 45 years or so. That's my proudest accomplishment. That's understandable because that's not an easy way to go. And have been happy and I'm still alive and I was really my highest honor is having a being selected to have a brass note on Beale Street. That is wonderful. That really means I'm a Memphis musician and that's all I ever wanted to be my whole life is a Memphis musician. Not only that, it means you're an elite Memphis musician. Well, I don't know if it means that, but I was. I think it means that Reba. I think Uh, so. (laughs) uh, But yeah, I'm going to be playing with some elite the elite musicians in Memphis at the Shell. I'm telling you. That's another one of the reasons I'm so excited for that. The lineup is just amazing. And Susan, I can't wait. I mean, just what a great, great vocalist and performer in person. She's a lot of fun. She really is. Susan is a pistol. (laughs) She is. So now you've done this for a long, long time. It's an old adage, and it's probably more true in music than anywhere. Women have to be twice as good to be considered half as good as men. In the time that you've been in the music business, have you seen any progress in that, a little bit of advancement? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a huge difference. I mean, like when I I was actually talking about this with the band hanging at a gig the other night, one of those late night band hangs. Right. But back in the day... I've had people touch me on stage in crowded venues, you know, men. Um, I've had people bite me. I've had people, a person, I won't say people, a person bit me one time. I've had people make all kinds of horrible remarks to me. Now, this was like late 70s, early 80s, sure, probably into like 80 nine or so yeah uh there was not a lot of respect i just gotta say the only people that respect were real audience wise let's just put it that way musicians were respectful but an uh, male audiences were brutal and i think that's changed a lot i never had any hugely bad experiences only maybe two 
with other musicians or booking agents or something like that that were disrespectful to me. So, but by the, you know, early 90s, things st really started getting a little bit better as far as harassment went. Uh, the, I, th I don't even think the pay has gotten equal yet. We're closer, you know, women are closer. Mm -hmm. And I think that like when Dawn and I started making records together independently in the early 90s or mid 90s, we were one of the few people d doing it around here. There were other women doing it. But as far as I know, you know, Dawn, there might be one or two other female engineers in Memphis at all. She's really a, a, a trail, trailblazer, you know, with all the work that she's done in the studio and live mm -hmm. and the venues that she's worked. So it is better. It is better. It's not great. There's still a long way to go. But in our tribe, women are really overcoming a lot of crap that doesn't happen anymore. You know, I'm glad to hear that. Definitely more respect and um, and love and kindness and appreciation. I think for me personally, I mean, sure. there could be women that are really experiencing some bad stuff, but. Uh, and I'm pretty bold person, so I, I don't get used easily. I, I do get used, but not easily. So, <laughs> so I'm lucky that way too. Working with Donna, I've also had the pleasure of seeing her mentor a lot of younger women and, and uh, giving lots of advice. This, that, and the other. What advice would you give to a younger woman that's considering a career in music? Well, number one, never ever kowtow. Just don't do it. Don't, you know, do not inflate the ego of the person you're trying to please. Just do what you do well. Mm -hmm. Be schooled. Don't, you know, stand up for yourself. Say what you really think. Don't hold stuff back trying to save people's feelings. Just, mm -hmm. and, you know, be truthful. Be honest. That's the best thing I can say. And if something doesn't feel right, get up and leave. That is, that's phenomenal to, uh, to think that way. With everything that you've done, is there anything in music that you haven't accomplished that you'd still like to go for? Well, you know, that's, it's very interesting because I sort of in there, you know, COVID has kind of put all of us in a funk. I mean, you know, how right. can it not? I mean, this has been a really trying, hard <sighs> situation. We don't have bombs dropping on our head, you know, uh, thank God. But this is horrible. Lots of people are dying from this this virus. So it's hard to get some momentum and want to dream a dream or have a plan for the future. But, you know, we all sort of have to do that because there is going to be a future. We just don't not sure what it's going to be. But, yeah. So my dream is uh, maybe having Dawn and I doing more records producing more oh. records, doing more work in the studio, mine and other people, you know, mostly other people. Mm -hmm. But but that is sort of where I'm casting my gaze for, you know, 2022, um, because it's something that, you know, we both just really love to do is being creative sure. in the studio. Um, sure. I love live venues. Uh, don't get me wrong, but it's just not quite as uh, fulfilling at my age, I think than it was 
before. And so I get a lot of fulfillment out of being creative in the studio. Cool. That's going to be fun to hear too. So that's, that's my new dream. We'll see if it works out. <laughs> I certainly hope it does. I'm uh, I'm going to, uh, I, I think I'm going to close this by being a little bit corporate narcissistic here. Okay. <laughs> You are you are so often at the shell, along with many many other musicians in the Memphis area, which I absolutely love that uh, that our music community supports one another. Any shell memories in particular you'd care to share with us? Well, I think I will. Sh- you know, like the I'll just go back and say that the I won't go. I'm gonna start from where the shell has been rebuilt is where okay. I want to start. Okay. I have wonderful memories of all kinds of Sid Selvage and Jim Dickinson shows, as well as, you know, Furry and the, the Mose Vincent, you know, the Roots people. But I will say that the, that the first two seasons of the shell before there were even super lights and super sound, but just how joyous those first two seasons mm-hmm. were to see the community Memphis community come together in that space. It gives me chill bumps just thinking about it, how really important that space is for a community building, a community feeling, and that music and arts are what it is revolving around. I just think it's one of the most positive feelings I've had in a long time. And that's continued till what? Is this the 10th or 11th year of the reopening? Yeah, we're the 13 now. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. It's maintained that for Memphis. And I think that the, the, the community at large is, a, is better for having the shell providing art. Well, thank you for that. Well, it's, you know, it's how I feel. It's all, But it's how I've always felt about the shell. But the fact that people, you know, put money into it, and now we, it's a uh, really a proper venue on a small scale, but the lighting and the sound and the, you know, the seating, the cleanliness, mm-hmm. the consistency, you know, has been brilliant. Well, that's wonderful. And, and I promise you we very much appreciate it. <laughs> well, I, you know, I just long live the shell, you know, long after we're all gone. I hope that that place remains. I hope the very same thing from the bottom of my heart. Reba, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. You've always been so good to the show. We appreciate you so much. We're going to see you up there on Saturday, September 25th with Susan Marshall. What a show it's going to be. Okay. Thank you, Silver. Looking forward to it, hon. I'll see you right soon. You be careful out there, okay? All right, hon. You too. Thank you. Reba, as always, thank you for your time. She's always been such a great friend of the show, and that makes us so proud. Her website is rebarussell.com. Our website is levitshell.org. You can check out all the concerts and all the goings-on at the show. Also, hope you stop by the virtual tip bucket. So uh, keep in mind that every dollar that you donate goes back into music on that historic stage. Thanks for joining us on Shellcast. <laughs>